great experience recently. It was really profound. I walked outside in the patio and I had this really, um, I I just saw it happening from across the way, this couple who was talking to another couple and uh, they were having an opportunity to share their faith. And this um, young woman uh, was coming to know Jesus and right there on our patio and I happened to kind of, I, I couldn't hear what was going on. I just kind of walked over there, and I saw uh, this um, wonderful event happen where just like tears were running down her face, and she was placing her faith in Christ for the very first time, you know. And, um, and I thought, oh, I love that. I, I love that when God brings new life to people, when all of a sudden after all these questions this person is asking and the journey they've been on, it starts to make sense. In fact, every God has brought this person to a place where they're going to now commit their life to him and experience new life. Isn't that great? I just love that moment. And I was thinking about the bigger context of how it's so important that God brings to us new life, new life individually and new life corporately as a church. And there's been a whole group of people who've been praying about that and thinking about that this past year, about what, would, what do you have for us in this next season for us at Bridges? And just leaning into that and trying to listen to God and his spirit and asking the questions about what that would look like. And we're still in the middle of that. We're right in the middle of asking God for the next season, where do you want us to head? But we've had some partners helping us think about this and come up with a vision frame, something to frame around who we are and what God is calling us to be. And that's what this is. We're going to, this morning, do a quick flyby of our vision frame and think about what God is in the middle of doing for us. And really, it's, it's just a descriptor of some of the items that are unique to us at Bridges and unique to the calling that he has for us. So um, we'll start here. Missions. Um, you know, every church, every church that follows God's word, that is, um, has as their mission to bring glory to God and to make disciples, people who would follow Jesus. Right? That, that's at the heart of what scripture has commanded us to be and to do. To give him glory, that is, with all of our life, to worship him, be gazed in that, embrace it 24-7. And to make disciples. That's the end of Matthew. Matthew 28 speaks of that. Jesus commissioned us. It engages every church for us to go and make disciples of every ethnos. That is our mission. It's a mission of every church. But there's also a particular, unique calling That he's given to us as an individual church. God has placed on us historically at Bridges here his blessing. And he's called us and made us in a unique way. To be a church in partnership with all the other churches in the area. To have a unique mission. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. And he's also called us into a set of values. 
Now, it's true that every church that follows God's word has some common values. We value God's word here, right? We love God's word and we want to dive into God's word. And all that we do, we want to encourage that, spur that on for you to be deep into God's word. And I see Jim right over here is about to launch into Awana, right? Woohoo! Even has his Awana shirt on. So if you want to volunteer with Awana right there, see them right now. But that's all about like getting our children into God's word so it's rich in them. It's a value we have. And it's a value that we have to worship. We gather every Sunday morning. And hopefully you come and you look forward to it. Not to be entertained by the band. But actually to step into giving God honor. And just to enjoy that. That's, that's what God's called us as a value for, for all the church. That we worship him. And... He's called us to share our faith, right? He called us into evangelism, to share with our neighbors at school and at work and people that God places in our life that we would share our faith. That, that's across the board for every church to value that and for community, for fellowship, to enter into a relationship where we're sharpening each other and encouraging each other and to serve. We're called to be serving, using our gifts as God had given to us both inside the, the body here and outside in the community. So those are some core values, but every church is also wired uniquely. And look around yourself. This is not like every church. There are certain things that God has done and as his spirit has been prompting us and working in us to give us unique values, things that we believe are part of God's calling and imprint on our life for us to value. And then there are the strategies, the, the things that God has called us to do, the environments. It's possible for us to do a million things. And in the past, we have done a million things. But when you do a million things, you do everything surface level, right? You, we need to think about what are the key things that God has called us into as a strategy so that we might be God's people and God's church in the very best possible way and to make disciples. And finally, there is a set of measures. How do we know that we're actually doing what we're called to do? That we're being successful? Is it more people in the pews or more churches that we plant? Or is it more missionaries that we send out? Or is it that we are growing in Christ? That we have a group of people who are actually engaged in growing in the gospel and growing in obedience to Christ? Because that's what he's called us to do. And so the measures actually help to us to find what does that look like for us to be growing disciples. So a few weeks ago, um, if you were here in the middle of July, we took this little inventory. And the inventory had all these piercing questions, right? If you took it, you, you looked at those questions, you're like, oh my goodness, I fall short in so many ways. And that's true with every person here, right? We're, we're all in the journey of growing in our faith in Christ. But those questions were intended to prompt you to think more deeply. What is it that, how is it that I need to grow and press into? And those measures that we're using are intended for all of our life groups and all of our ministries to help us get a clear picture. Are we being successful at making disciples? And if not, if there are places of weakness, every church has them, right? There's no perfect churches, by the way. If not, then where can we grow? Where is God calling us into growing? So those are our measures. Well, this morning I'd like to give you a kind of a flyby, a 30,000-foot view of the vision frame that God is calling us into as a fellowship. 
And this next year, we're going to be diving deeper into that and diving into Scripture and thinking about what God's Word is calling us toward in order to give us clarity and to to give us forward momentum as a fellowship. And I know that God has great things for His church. Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 that He is the head of the church. This is His dear church that he loves. And he's got a great, sovereign, powerful plan for us together. And so we're going to dive in to that, what God has for us together. This morning, as we begin the process, I was reminded, I believe by God and his spirit, of a text that you'll find in Joshua chapter 1. I'd love for you to turn your Bible open to Joshua chapter 1. Now, for those of you who are Old Testament, you, know, you just love the Old Testament and you know your Old Testament history, you know this happens at a really critical moment in the history of Israel. They had been a people wandering. They got up to the border at one point, chickened out, ran away, and they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Moses led them through that painful journey of growth and discovery and trying to figure out how to trust the Lord in a deeper ways. And then they got to the border again and Moses dies because God had told them that that's part of what's going to happen, Moses, and there's going to be a handoff in leadership. And now all the people of Israel, they're about to step in to the land of Israel and they're going to have a new leader and they're going to go across the Jordan and they're filled with insecurities and questions and some people are like, well, we'll just see how this goes. Right? They're the ones that hold back. They're the, they're the slow adopters. There's some of us here, right? We're just, we'll check this out and we don't want to like... And some people are like eager to get out there. They just can't wait to run across and see what God's going to do. Those are the people that are the early adopters. And most people are in the middle somewhere. Right? They're wondering... But they know that God's in the middle of this and they're trying to figure it out what to do next. That's the context, Joshua chapter 1. This is the word of God, starting in verse 1. We'll just read the first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, like hundreds of thousands of people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. This is the Lord's gift. It's his work. It's not their work. It's his work. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, to the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, 
that you may have great or good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's a compelling message, isn't it? Just in this season, this amazing season where God is calling him to this new work. And, and like us, the people of Israel, they were filled with successes and failures. They, were, they had in their history these victories and these agonizing defeats. And these hopes for their future and these deep insecurities of, ah, I don't know, really? Are we really doing this together? And how is this going to work? And there were some people that wanted all the details. They, they wanted the project plan of how that was going to work out. And there were some people, I'm sure, that had seen God at work in their very lives, and they were eager to see more of it. And in that moment, God has this message for them. He repeats it three times in the text, doesn't he? He says, be strong and very courageous. Be strong. Don't be hesitant. Don't be a person that is just on the sidelines waiting, wondering whether you should get in or not. Be a person that jumps in with both feet, a person of faith that trusts me. Let's do this. Let's go. I've promised. When is it that I've ever been unfaithful? I'm a faithful God, and I, this is part of my sovereign purpose. Step into it with me, would you? That's his calling, and I believe that very calling that he had for Israel is a calling that he would have for his church, this church actually, today. That we would be strong and courageous. That we would step in with him. Now, why would we possibly do that with all of our weaknesses and all the reservations that we might have? Why would we be strong? And very courageous. Because all of us have reticence. All, all of us have wonderings and questions about what God has for us. Well, he says it here in the text. He says it in a couple different ways. Same message. Because I am with you. We find it in the middle of the text where he says, For I will not leave you or forsake you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm actually going to be right in the middle of this with you. I am your God. And I am with you. Now what questions do you have? Right? What reticence do you have? Because I'm leading you into this. And I'm present with you. And at the end of the text, we see this phrase. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you end up, I am there with you. And yet we question that sometimes. We struggle with that sometimes. And even the disciples were wrestling it when Jesus gave the great commission where he tells them, go and make disciples, like, to the ends of the earth. And I am with you, even to the very end of the age, he says. That's why you can be confident. That's why you can step into this, because I, the holy, awesome, all-powerful God, am with you. Do you believe it? Not just like the mental ascent stuff, but do you believe that? Did it seep out of your pores? Do you really have confidence that the Lord your God, wherever you might go, is with you? 
And that's the message. That's the powerful message that Joshua and the people of God hear in this moment. That that God is with them. And that promise of his presence and his going with them, it came with a calling for them. Israel is instructed because of God's promise to them to therefore to obey him fully. Right? That's what the text itself says. It's calling them to full obedience. Not to go to the left or to the right, but right where God is calling them to be. To be obedient with him. And to keep his word at the forefront of their minds. To meditate on it. To dwell on it richly. To think about it. And to practice it. To live into the word of God. And to trust him wholeheartedly because he was going before them. And that, that same challenge is us, right? To obey him, that's a daily challenge each one of us step into. And as a church, we have to fully obey the calling of God. That's, that's risky stuff. That's challenging for us. And to keep the word the forefront of our minds with all the other things that are going on in our lives. And to keep that central and to long to grow in our faith, to trust him in the ways that he's calling us to, maybe even in ways that we never have trusted him before. What would that look like? So, this morning, we're going to take a quick overview of this vision frame where God is moving our church forward. And as we do, I want to start with the mission. Now, we're going to take the next three months in the book of Colossians. Do a deep dive in it. It's this really wonderful book. I think you'll be richly encouraged in Scripture as we go through this book. And as we do, as we turn our attention there, we're going to be thinking about this mission. And our mission, remember, we share a mission statement with all believers in all churches, but what is it specifically that God is calling us as bridges into? And we have a phrase to help us understand that together, what we believe. And the phrase is simply this. It's bridging relationships to pursue the life adventure of following Jesus together. It's bridging relationships. So those relationships that he's called you in at school and in your neighborhood and at work and all the places where you sit, some of those are uncommon. Some of those are uncomfortable. And he's calling us to actually build intentional relationships to bring other people along with us in this great adventure, this pursuit of following Jesus. And that Jesus is central to the mission, to the mission that we have. He is, the, he is the reason why we have a mission. And all of our mission follows around him. And we do this together. So we'll be unpacking that, that mission statement as we go. But this mission bridging relationships to pursue the life adventure of following Jesus together. It helps us step into the spectrum of relationships that we have with people that might be very different from us. But God has, in his sovereign plan, called us to. Some of you know that, um, like, when I get on an airplane, I often have conversations with people next to me because they're trapped. Like, as a pastor, you can walk out of here if you don't like what I say or whatever. But when I'm on an airplane, that person's got to sit next to me for the duration of our flight. And so I often like start having conversations. I start asking him questions. 
Now, I'm going to do, what I'm trying to do is get to know that person, bridge a relationship so we can have a spiritual conversation. I'm praying about that, and that's often how the Spirit prompts me. And so I'll, I'll start in and, and try to have that, and then I'll try to avoid telling them who I am. Not who I am, I'll, I'll answer those questions, but I try to avoid telling them that I'm a pastor, because that is a huge discussion stopper. Like, then they'll like, turn to the other side, and they don't want to talk to me anymore, because they, they've got all this preconception of who I am, right? So I'll tell them, yeah, I get the chance to teach, and I visit people, and, you know, and care for them, and, and I start telling them about all the cool things you know, we're involved with as a fellowship, but I won't tell them you know, I'm actually a pastor so, um, so we'll have these conversations. That's what I, I, I actually really enjoy doing this when God prompts this. So I'm on a flight recently. I'm coming back from San Diego. And I sit down. And I know that the God sovereignly puts people in the airplane next to me. And he, this guy sits down. He's very different from me. And I think, no, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read my book. I'm being like super selfish. And I don't, I don't want to get in a conversation with this guy. And that's what I do for the next hour. I just read my book. And, um, and I just, you know, occasionally I know God's spirits prompt me to ask a question. I'm just, I'm going to read my book. I'm, I'm done with people. I'm coming back from Mexico. I'm just done with people, right? And uh, I get off the plane, and I think, I am such an idiot. Man, I just, I just felt the spirit like prompting me to like, what did you just do? I sovereignly put this person next to you so that you might have relationship with them. You might build a bridge to them because that's how they get to know me. It's through forming, trusting relationships with other people that know you. And it's to help them start with me, pursue Jesus together. And I totally blew it. I totally blew the mission. Now, we're all going to have those moments. We're all going to experience those times where we're like, oh, man, I should have done that. But what we really want to use the mission for is to help us understand that we're called to these great relationships, these creative relationships with people from different places in the country. Look around you right now. People from all over the world are here. He's calling us into these relationships so that we might pursue the life adventure. It is a lifetime adventure of following Jesus, and we do that together. That's what we're saying in our mission statement. And then we have some values, some things that we hold dear to us. Now, we hold a lot of things dear to us, but some ways that God has created this church to be unique, we want to press into. And the first one, we articulated this way, mosaic culture. Uniting under Christ as we celebrate our different backgrounds. Now, just so you know, we're not diverse because... We're seeking to be PC. And by the way, we don't use the D word now because it means so many different other things. But we are pressing into this mosaic, this beautiful picture of who God is calling us to be as a church. Because we believe that God has called us to make disciples of every people, all nations, every ethnos he's calling us into. And we love that. Some people come to Bridges for the first time. They look around. They see people from all over, and they're like, ah, I'm out of here. I just want people just like me. And I'm great with that, right, if that's, that's what they want. But God has called us into this fabulous mosaic because we bring things to the table from our different backgrounds of following Jesus that can sharpen each other and help each other grow. 
and that can help reach our culture, our place that God has us in for his purposes so that we might be a church that reaches across the Tri-Cities for his glory and reaches people who come and are coming in ways that are meaningful for them. So we want to highlight this value that, that we are a mosaic culture and God has made us that way and we love it. The second value is family enrichment, equipping all life stages to grow closer to Jesus and each other. We believe in family here. We do that unapologetically. Many of you started coming to Bridges because um, your kids were little and you saw this fantastic children's ministry or student ministry. And you're like, yeah, we, we really want to see our kids grow or our grandkids grow in Christ. Some of you came as singles and you were like, I really want to serve. I want to be part of the, the church family. This is something we believe in deeply, that we want every family, no matter what your family might look like. You might be a single person with a group of other singles that you're connected with deeply or other married folks that you're connected with, the people you do life with. Or you might be a senior adult and you've got generations that are down, you know, with you that you're living life with. You might be a family of 15 or whatever, you know, all packed in one house. You might be just um, a couple right? Just you and your husband or you and your spouse, you and your wife. But we're committed as a church for every family to grow in Christ together with each other and to build a family. That's, that's one of our big values here. And we want to leverage that. In our community, if you would step back and say, hey, what are the, some of the common languages spoken in Fremont? What would you hear? You'd hear, oh, um, you know, one of the common languages is education. People here have a passion to be educated and, and to educate their kids. And one of them that you would see is family. People have a passion for their families. And we want to use that, the gifting, the passion that we have, in order to reach out to other families to see them follow Jesus in this life adventure we're in together. So we say family enrichment. And then we also value community impact. It's a passion of mine to be kingdom-oriented, for us not to be a church that just looks at our navels, right? Just looks inside and just does things here inside and we're just concerned about what happens here, but for us to be passionate about our community, to see our neighborhoods reach for the Lord Jesus Christ and to follow him with our whole hearts. And we want to make an impact starting where God has planted us here and for that to ripple out across the world. We have a ton of global partners. We don't talk about a lot of them because some of them are in protected areas where if we started talking about our missionaries, then it would be dangerous for them. We just sent a couple. You saw them. If you were here last week, we sent another couple out of our fellowship to go encourage the church in another nation, another place in this world that we can't talk a lot about. But we're praying for them. We love when that happens, when the ripple keeps going so God's kingdom is spread. But it starts right now with me, right in the place where God has me in school or at work. So we believe in this value, community impact, reaching our world as an extension of serving our neighbors. And we believe in compelling content. We want God's word to be richly dwelling in us. We're going to be studying I mentioned the book of Colossians. And one of the great texts there in chapter 3 speaks of that, that the word of God would dwell richly in you as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. 
that, that you let God's word rich, richly dwell in you and that it dwells in all of us and it kind of rises like a, a well-baked loaf of bread like in us. Like we, we enjoy the aroma of it, of what God's doing with his word. And we do that in a compelling way, encouraging each other with grace and truth that spur transformation. We don't want to be a people who just study God's word. We want to be a people transformed by God's word. We, we listen to it, we're engaged with it, and we let it have its work in us, changing our hearts, moving us in ways where we're experiencing transformation and we're encouraging transformation with people around us. That's what we long for. Have you noticed this culture is inundated with information and yet we are biblically illiterate? You have a conversation with your neighbor, and most of them have never cracked open the Bible. They don't know what it means. And so they need to understand how compelling God's word is. And we want to do that, communicate that in a way that's compelling with our little kids all the way through our senior adults. We want to do it in a way that's compelling to every language that's spoken around us. We want people to know God's word and to thrive in it. And finally, our fifth value, which is the most aspirational, is intentional risk, choosing to trust God's leading even when it's uncomfortable. The writer of Hebrews says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Wow. I wish he would have said, and without comfort, or without a nice sofa, or without nice quiet time just by myself. But he says, without faith, without you stepping out and engaging your faith in new ways. I'm praying that this week you would be growing in your faith in ways that are stronger and force you to take greater risks this week than last week. Otherwise, you're going backwards, right? So, so we want to be a people individually and corporately together that embrace risk, that are intentional about it that gets out of our comfort zones. We know that the righteous shall live by faith. That's what scripture tells us. And we want to be a community that trusts God wholeheartedly with daring hearts, that grip onto this calling of God in Joshua chapter one to be strong and courageous in what we do. So how do we know we're getting traction? How do we know we're actually making progress? And that's our measures We had a whole set in that inventory we took in July of great probing questions. And we have some listed up here. Actually, we have some categories of it. The first category is pursuing God. We want you to be asking each other questions about your pursuit of God, both individually and in your life groups, and asking yourself, how did you honor God? How did that happen? Maybe as you go to sleep, you ask yourself the question, how did I honor God with the way I connected with him today? How is your pursuit of God doing? And then we had a set of questions about pursuing growth. How is it that the Holy Spirit is prompting you throughout the day and challenging you to grow? And so we have a whole set of questions there that we want our life groups to be asking. Here's here's another one from that. How does my life group, how much does my life group know about my current joys and struggles? I love that one because, you know what, some of us, we're not part of life groups because we don't want to be transparent. We don't want those kind of relationships in our life. And we like to be unaccountable. And we like to be independent. But in the kingdom of God, just so you know, there are no independent contractors. That doesn't happen. 
We're connected together. And that's why we call people into those relationships in life groups. And not just that you would go once a month or whatever, and, but that you would actually engage in the lives of other people so that you might call them to a deeper love of God and following God, obedience with him. And there's a third category, pursuing risk. Pursuing risk intentionally in your life in all kinds of areas. Do you see that first one? How am I investing my time, money, and talents for kingdom purposes? That's kind of nosy, isn't it? That some of these questions like get right underneath our skin. And we want to use these measures in a way that would not, like, not be condemning. Because there's no condemnation in Christ. But there would be helpful for us to grow in him. We don't want to be legalistic by the way we use questions or ask each other questions, but we want to be full of grace with each other and call each other to further growth. Those are some challenging questions up in front of us, aren't they? And those of you who saw the bigger list of questions, you know that they're, they're really encouraging, I think, for all of us as leaders and all of us who are following Jesus to be thinking about, how is it exactly that I'm growing? And finally, we have our strategies. What are those key areas, arenas, that God would use in our lives to cause growth? We could do a lot of different things, but what is God calling us to? And we believe the three that we're going to really press into are our worship gatherings, our life groups, and our impact teams. That they would be the most significant tools. And we'll be talking about our strategy in the coming days. Now, that's a lot of information to process, right, in just a few minutes. So we're going to take this next year to be working through this vision frame and then be thinking about where God is calling us as a church in our future for the next season of our life together. But as we begin this adventure, I want to press into that mission, and we're going to do that in the book of Colossians, building or bridging relationships to pursue the life adventure of following Jesus together. And I want to give you, start by giving you a challenge. So since we're working through the book of Colossians and we want to value God's word and let it dwell richly in us, I want to encourage you to memorize the book of Colossians. Some of you are thinking, whoa, I can only do one verse. No, that's baloney. If a guy like Jim could do all these memory verses with kids, right, with Awana, you can do it too. Isn't that right? That's right. So we're going to challenge you to start Memorizing the book of Colossians. And if you remember, here it comes, honey. I know I didn't even tell you this, but you know what's coming, right? Right? So if you memorize the book of Colossians, Sue and I are going to take you out to dinner wherever you want. <laughs> Promise you. So, so if you get that in your brain, the book of Colossians, you come up to me and say, here it is. And you can do it one chapter at a time. We'll go through one chapter at a time, and I'll listen to it, and I'll give you that back because I want to do it with you. Um, and we'll, we'll let the Word of God dwell in us richly as we think about Scripture together in the book of Colossians. So, once again, we're doing this. It's going to take us three months to get study through the book, and if you memorize it, then free dinner on us, and that actually is our joy because we get to know you better, and we, we get God's Word in your heart. So, get after it. Don, you got, like you're retired now, right? So you can get after this, right? So, okay. This morning, I want you to begin with one step. To be strong and courageous in the Lord with this one step. That you would bridge one relationship that you have. Maybe you're just starting school or you're going to start school in a couple weeks. 
Perhaps you're in a new job or God has brought some new people in your job to be around you or someone has moved into your neighborhood. Would you take this one step to intentionally start bridging a relationship with that person and do it purposefully. Don't do it just to do it, but do it so that you would bring them with you to pursue this life adventure of following Jesus together. And just seek the Lord's work in this relationship starting this week. Let me pray for you, if I might. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you have in store for us. Give us, Lord, the courage to be strong in you, to be courageous, to step forward, even when we don't feel like it or we are uncomfortable with it, but to take the risk in you, to step forward. Long, We know that you long to see people come to faith in you in our community and that you have placed us here in this season of life individually and corporately together as a church family to reach people for your name's sake and to help them as we pursue this great adventure, this life adventure of following Jesus together. So Lord, be in the middle of this and may it start even today. Christ's name, all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Bridges Community Church Sermon Podcast. Bridges Community Church is located in the San Francisco Bay Area in Fremont, California. To know more about Bridges Community Church, please go to our website at bridgescc.org.